0: Continuing our walk in the one another's, today we are going to be in Romans chapter number one. We're going to be talking about our faith today a little bit. Um, Romans chapter one uh, begins with a typical greeting of Paul as uh, he writes. It says Romans chapter one, verse number one, greetings from Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. God chose me to be an apostle and gave me the work of telling his good news. God promised long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures to give us this good news to his people. The good news is about God's Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word good news there, you know, is gospel. It would say in in other versions it says the gospel. The gospel is is the good news about God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. As a human, he was born from the family of David, but through the Holy Spirit, he was shown to be God's powerful son when he was raised from death. Through Christ, God gave me the special work of an apostle to lead people of all nations to believe and obey him. I do all of this to honor Christ, you are some of those who have been chosen to belong to Christ Jesus. This letter is to all of you in Rome. God loves you and he's chosen you to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins now with a, a prayer of thanks that is going to actually talk about faith. So, he says... First, I want to say that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. I thank Him because people everywhere in the world are talking about your great faith. He's thanking God because others are talking about God because of the great faith of these Roman believers. He says, Every time I pray, I always remember you. God knows this is true. He is the one I serve with all my heart by telling people the good news of the gospel about His Son. I pray that I will be allowed to come to you. It will happen if God wants it. I want very much to see you and give you some spiritual gift to make your faith stronger. I, I, I want to come and be a part of what you're doing because... I want your faith to grow to increase here's here's the defining passage for today he says I mean that I want us to help each other with the faith that we have your faith will help me and my faith will help you I want us to help one another to grow this thing that we have called faith—you can't read Scripture, you can't know of the Gospel, you can't—you can't be a part of the New Testament and not know of the importance as a follower of Jesus of faith. God declares in my my what. Everybody know what my favorite scripture is. Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For everyone, one of the greatest things you need to know in life, as an unbeliever, they need to know this. As a believer, you need to know this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you want to please God in your life? Faith. Faith is the thing that pleases God. Scripture goes on in that verse to say, Whoever comes to God must believe that He is real and genuine, that He exists, and that He will reward those who sincerely try to find Him, those that seek Him. I mean, you talk about a a promise of God that we can just stop and rest on. God says to each one of us, if you'll seek Me, you'll find Me. If you'll diligently seek Me, I will reward you. Now, it may be money, it may not be money. I mean, He may bless you financially, but more than that, He will bless you with His presence. He will pour Himself over you and in you. He will guard you, He will guide you. We know of faith that it is, it is the key element from a human perspective of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For you are saved by grace, that's God, the last part of the verse says, it ain't got nothing to do with you. that That's all God. You're saved by grace through faith. That's all about you. That's all about me. This is not of yourself; It's God's gift, not from works, so no one can boast. Grace, as I've said so many times, grace is the vehicle that gets you to salvation. You can't get to salvation without getting into grace. Amen. It is impossible. No work that you ever do. One of the worst things that's ever happened to us as a church, not necessarily our church, but a church. The church body. And especially in the twentieth century. I know it's been throughout time, because Paul talked about it in the first and second century. But but it but one of the worst things that ever happened to the church is that, that we, we we understood salvation by grace, but then we began to think we had to work to do everything after that. Well, work is a result of our salvation, but it doesn't increase it at all. It hasn't got anything to do with it. It's a a response to the grace. So it's grace that gets us there. But the roadway that that vehicle has to ride on, that grace, the only way that it can get to where it's going is through faith. Faith is the roadway, it's the avenue that you and I have to have for grace to ride on. Scripture is full of conversation about the importance of faith. It tells us that some have small faith, Matthew chapter 9. Now, he was talking, talking to his disciples on being a little faith. He said, you guys, your, your faith is just, it's just there. It, it, it talks it said, said that some have great faith in Matthew 15. In, in Luke 17, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. you ever prayed and said, God, would you increase my faith? God, I, man, I just want my faith to be more. I want my faith to increase. I want to enlarge it. I want it to be greater than it is today. I want to believe in you more tomorrow than I do today. You think, well, how can I do that? I already believe in Him." Well, evidently, the disciples believed it was possible. Not only do I think the disciples believed it possible, I think they taught it was a reality. Philippians chapter 1, Paul talks to to the church there and he talks about and says that we can progress in our faith. That we can move forward in our faith. And in Matthew 17, Jesus tells his followers that the size of their faith will determine the effectiveness of Of their work. If you had the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. You could say to it, Move and go, and it would go. Now, y'all have all heard the story of a mustard seed, but I mean, it's like a pinhead. You just think about how little faith we must have. Because I haven't moved any mountains. I mean, just think about it. What we can do if we just believe God in His Word. So, how can we help each other, as Paul said? How can we help each other with our faith? Paul's desire was for these Romans that he would be a a source of increasing their faith, of growing their faith. How can, can we do that together? Couple of three things today. You're going to know these things. I just want to remind you what you already know. Pray one for another. Prayer. Paul started this chapter by talking about who Jesus was. Remember when he he said the good news is about God's son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, as a human, fully God, fully man. Jesus was as much human as you are. We sometimes forget that. and, And I know we all have a struggle understanding that because he's God. How can he be human? Well, he chose to be. Scripture says that he set aside his divinity to come and, and dwell a human form. And as a man, he walked just like you and I. He lived every single day, facing that day, in his humanity, just like you do. The difference was he never failed where we fail so often. Why? Why? Why was it that Jesus was able to walk? Was because he was God? No. Because if that was true, what would there be hope with us? What hope would there be for us? Here's exactly how he did it. As a human, he was born from the family of David, but through the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God in him, he was able, he was shown to be God's powerful son who was raised from death. It is in the power of the Spirit that Jesus lived and breathed and moved. It was in his fellowship and relationship with God the Father, just as you and I have. We've been born again by the Spirit of God. God's Spirit lives in us. And by that power, we have the power to walk in faith, just as He did. We sang a little while ago that song, that powerful song about we believe. You believe do you believe in the crucifixion? Do you believe in the resurrection? How much do you believe? Because what you believe and how much faith you have in what you believe determines what you will do. Jesus believed it enough that it moved his every step, it caused his tongue to only speak truth. To only praise God. To only rebuke when rebuke was right. See, we we struggle with that. When when should I not say that? When should I say that? We struggle. Why? Because we don't walk in the Spirit like Jesus did. We can, but we don't. Why? We don't really believe. Do you really believe that? Do you really, really believe the Holy Spirit lives in you and can control your tongue and make you speak what the Holy Spirit wants you to speak every moment of every day. If you believe that, it will impact what you do. Look, look, Again, I use these examples all the time, so they're just refresher examples. You know how I know that that axiom works? That, that if you believe it, it will happen works Every time you get up and it's dark outside, you reach over and flip the light switch on. You never even think about it, do you? Why? light's going to come on. You believe. As a matter of fact, when the light doesn't come on, it shocks you. It absolutely floors you that it didn't happen. There's going to be electricity flowing in there. I paid my bill. I didn't pay my bill. There's still (laughs) going to be electricity. That light bulb up there works last night. Ann walked into the... the, uh, uh, laundry room. And she went to go in the laundry room and she hit the light switch and she went, oh, it's dark. And so well, it worked a little while ago because I was in there. She's like, it ain't working now. She had full expectation, faith, that that was going to work. She flipped it. Otherwise she wouldn't have flipped it. Has there ever been a time you just, well I shouldn't say that because you may have a car like I've had, but every time you normally go out to your car, you walk into your car, you stick the key in, you turn the key over, and you inspect it to crank. Otherwise, why would you stick the key in it and turn it over? That's faith. Your belief in what you're doing causes you to do that. See, faith can be in anything. But What you and I say is that our faith is in Jesus as the Son of God. And that by Him and Him alone I have relationship with God. That in Him I can stand justified before the Father. In Him I have no sin. In Him I can walk free of my sin. And yet, I don't continuously stand in the presence of my Father in my spirit. I don't always walk free of sin. How much do I believe about my relationship? How much is it conscious in my mind? How much is it so in my subconscious that I respond in it and not in itself. Prayer is the thing that we need to be using because God is the one that can do this. The, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. Why did they ask God to do it? Because they knew they couldn't.
1: They knew that they
0: couldn't on their own do it, so they sought God out. Remember the, the, the story of Peter when when Jesus was talking to Peter before the crucifixion, Jesus talked to, to Peter. And he said, "Satan has asked to test you, like, like a man, like a farmer tests his wheat." Simon, I pray you will not lose your faith. He has a great line after that. Help your brothers be stronger when you come back. That that's probably the best line in that whole passage right there. But what we're focusing on today is Jesus prayed that Peter would not lose his faith, that he would hold on to. He said, When you come back, because he knew he was going to fail. But when you come back, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. Paul to the church at Thessalonica said in 1 Thessalonians 3.10, night and day we continue praying with all our heart that we can come there and see you again. We want to give you everything you need to make your faith strong. We're praying. Now now you say, well, he's praying to get there. Well, yeah, but why does he want to get there? To increase their faith. he's, He's praying because he knows that That it is God that is going to make things possible. It's God that's going to do the work. Ephesians chapter number 1. Verse number 15. Listen to Paul's prayer. He said, this is why I always remember you in my prayers and thank God for you. I've done this ever since I heard about your faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people. I always pray to the great and glorious Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that He will give you the Spirit who will let you know truths about God and will help you understand them so that you will know Him better. I pray that God will open your minds to see His truth. Then you will know the hope that He has chosen us to have. You will know that the blessing God promised His holy people are rich and glorious. You will know that god's power is very great for us who believe is the same as the mighty power he used to raise christ from the dead and put him at the right side of the heavenly places he put christ over all rulers authorities powers and kings he gave him authority over everything that has power in this world or in the next world god put everything under christ's power under christ's power made him head over everything for the church the church is Christ's body is filled with him he makes everything complete in every way the same power that makes all that possible in Christ paul is praying that that same power will be in you and i or in those believers in that day how's that happen prayer the spirit of god increasing their understanding increasing their knowledge increasing their faith to believe god to walk with God. God's the only one that's going to grow this in you. God is the only one who is going to motivate you to this growth. God is the only one that's going to allow this to happen. But there's a part that we play. Just like in salvation, grace is God's part of it. Faith is our response to that grace. Now, I don't want to mess up anybody, but in your doctrine, I want you to understand that, that the faith was God's too. Because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. He had to give you that faith. But he talks about what we do with it. How we respond with it, okay? So, so it's the faith that's our part. What, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to increase faith? How is God going to use Paul and these believers that are in Rome to, to help each other with their faith? Correct teaching. Well, let me tell you one of the worst things that happens to a believer. They get off in their doctrine. They get off in their understanding. Hey, You don't have to get far. We've used this example before too, but as a, as a, a ship on a, on a sea is a, a small boat on a lake. If you're going to go across the lake, and you pick that spot, and you say, I'm going to go to that spot. And, and all you have to do is just, just set that light line and follow straight to that line. But if you get off with a compass by just a degree, you don't follow the sight, and you just get off by a degree. By the time you get to the other side of the lake, you're going to be over here. Because every little degree you get off takes you farther and farther away from the truth. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> And so it's important what you learn. It's important that it comes from the Scripture. It's important it's not corrupted in any way. And and listen, I'm going to be honest with you, that's hard. As a pastor, that's that's a scary thing. I mean, I've, I've been preaching a long time. And I promise you, some of that stuff I preached when I was young probably was garbage. Uh, there, there were some things that I said that were not helpful to one another. I don't think, not aware. Let me say it that way. I'm not aware that I ever taught any incorrect doctrine. I just, like, you know, you're young. You get really bad examples. You don't know what you're doing. You, you, you know, you 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 mix stuff up. um, Preaching, like anything else, takes a certain amount of practice to learn how to do what you're doing, your thoughts. Just trying to get your thoughts together. Ask Mark and Sam. Sometimes just trying to get it from here to here messes up. But, but I don't know that I ever took and taught any incorrect doctrine. I don't know of any doctrine I've gone back and said, man, I, I was off there. I really need to get back on scripture here. You know, I, I, and I listen. I'm not patting myself with you. If if I have any, if I have correct doctrines, because of the men who poured in, women who poured into my life from a child that taught me correctly. It is the fact that the Holy Spirit of God protected me and kept me and directed my mind. It's not Steve that's done a great job. It is it's. If nothing else, it's because I've tried to stay in the Word, true to the Word, not come up with my own ideas. But, you know, you can get on the TV and you can follow anybody and they'll tell you just about anything. Listen, if we found anything out in the last six months, four months, two months of this last year, is that if you say anything long enough and loud enough, a certain amount of people will believe it. To be true no matter what. And I'm not casting aspersions to what you believe or don't believe about the election. I'm just saying, if you say anything loud enough and long enough, people will begin to believe it. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be true. It can be false. It's just the repetitive nature of saying people will latch on to it. Somebody will grab a hold of it. You know how I know that's true? There are people that I know regardless of what the scripture says no matter what you show them you cannot convince them that you can't lose your salvation they believe that if you do something wrong or wrong enough God will cut you loose regardless of what the scripture says you have to be resaved again regardless of what the scripture says about whether that's even possible there, there are people that believe no matter what you can show them in scripture that if you live a certain way, God is financially going to bless you. That that he is bound by his word to monetarily take care of you in great ways. That that is the blessing of God. Regardless of what Scripture says. Regardless of what history says. With scriptural people. That It's correct teaching that matters. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul talked to the church at Colossians and said, You accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, so continue to live following Him. You must depend on Christ only, drawing life and strength from Him. Just as you were taught the truth, continue to grow stronger in your understanding of it. Never stop giving thanks to God. Be sure you are not led away by the teaching of those who have nothing worth saying and only plan to deceive you. What? There are people that are out there that are just out there to teach anything they want with an intent to deceive you. Yeah. They've been there since the first century. That teaching is not from Christ. It is only human tradition. It comes from the powers that influence this world. It matters what you believe. Acts chapter 16. Paul talking. Or Paul's story. 16 says, Paul went to the city of Derby and then to Lystra, where a follower of Jesus named Timothy lived. Timothy's mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was Greek. The believers in the cities of Lystra and Iconium had only good things to say about him. Paul wanted Timothy to travel with him. But all the Jews living in the area knew that his father was a Greek. So Paul circumcised Timothy to please the Jews. Now, later in Paul's ministry, that's never going to happen. Paul fights that left and right. Why? Because he realizes it's poor doctrine. It's teaching something that's not beneficial. The Bible says, Then Paul and those with him traveled through other cities. They gave believers the rules and decisions from the apostles and elders of Jerusalem. This is talking about the Jerusalem Council. There was a council in Jerusalem about what new believers, especially Gentiles, needed to do to be right. Circumcision wasn't one of them. That's what's so interesting about this passage. Circumcision was not something that the, that the Gentiles had to do to follow. Because in, in the Jewish custom, it was a way of working yourself to show yourself as a part of Abraham's tribe. They told them to obey these rules. Now, now listen, here, I want you to follow the path. Here's what's good doctrine. You need to follow these rules. This is what the leadership is telling you from Jerusalem. Listen to the result. So the churches were becoming stronger in their faith. And the end result of the churches becoming stronger in their faith was the number of believers was growing every day. Because the church grew stronger in their faith, they were going out into the world and they were sharing the gospel in ways that made such a difference that people were being saved every day, as the believers were growing in their faith. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about Timothy. Paul took Timothy, as you know, and it became Timothy became Paul's son in the ministry. Really became his extension. Um, in First Timothy, chapter number one, Paul writing to Timothy from prison and giving him instructions says. When I went to Macedonia, I asked you to stay in Ephesus. Some people there are teaching things that are not true, and I want you to tell them to stop. It matters what they hear. Tell them not to give their time to meaningless stories, to long lists of names that prove their family histories. Such things only cause arguments. They don't help God's work, which is done only by faith. Increase their faith. Don't worry about all that other garbage. My purpose in telling you this is to promote love. The kind of love shown by those whose thoughts are pure, who do what they know is right, and whose faith in God is real. If you keep reading that chapter, you get down to verse 18 and 19. And I don't want I to get this wrong. I want to quote it for you. Timothy, you're like a son to me. What I'm telling you to do agrees with the prophecies that were told about you in the past. I want you to remember those prophecies and fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Now listen to what he says right after that. Continue to trust in God and do what you know is right. Some people have not done this. And their faith is now in ruins. Because they didn't fight the fight of faith. Because they didn't pour into themselves. Because they didn't pour into others. Because they listened to false doctrine. Because they got caught up in all this other stuff. Their faith became shipwrecked, it says. I think in the King James. They were wrecked and ruined in their faith. They had faith. It just didn't have the power. We need to pray one for another. Pray that the Spirit of God moves in our lives. Pray that God increases our faith. Works us. We need. We need correct teaching. We need to make sure of what we're doing. We need to be in the Word, knowing what it says. How else can we help one another in our faith? By our service and our testimony. First Corinthians, Paul talking to the church there. First Corinthians, chapter sixteen. You know that the church at Corinth was was a difficult church. It struggled with with immorality. It struggled with, with um, selfishness. It struggled um, with its with its um, faith to 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 be a mature church. And Paul loved the church, but often had hard things to say to them. Uh, but in this passage, listen to what he says. First Corinthians, he's closing out his letter. First Corinthians, sixteen, verse number thirteen. Be careful. Hold firmly to your faith. Have courage and be strong. Do everything in love. You know that Stephanus and his family. Were the first believers in Achaia. They have given themselves to the service of God's people. I ask you, brothers and sisters, to follow the leading of people like these and others who work hard and serve them, serve together with them. Listen, being invested in one another, serving together with one another, serving one another together with one another increases our faith. We begin to watch and see what somebody else does. Sam was encouraged in his faith today because he saw a young man doing a Bible study lesson. He was encouraged in his faith today because he saw a, a, a student pastor take the young man to grow him up. He was strengthened by the service he saw in one another. Today, Mark and Zach helped in Sam's faith, and Sam's testimony helped Mark and Zach in their faith. Y'all just preached my third point. Glad <laughs> to be a part of it. Yeah, appreciate it, dude. <laughs> Second Corinthians ten. Paul using a word biblically that I think is really good but, but in our context of the way we live it's probably not something we like so try not to hold that negative connotation it's the word boast we, we, we talk about boasting in this life how I, I dare you boast that's, that's arrogant that's not what Paul's talking about it is in the context of arrogance but, it's, but listen to what Paul says we will not boast about anything outside the work that was given us to do. We will limit our boasting to the work God gave us. But this includes our work with you. We would be boasting too much only if we had not already come to you. But we have come to you with the good news about Christ. that came and shared the gospel to those Corinthians. We limit our boasting to the work that is ours. We don't boast about the work other people have done. We hope that your faith will continue to grow. We hope that you will will help our work to grow much larger. You see the interconnection? Paul brought the gospel to these believers. He was pouring into their lives. He was boasting about what he had done in their life. He was telling of what he had done in their life and about what they were doing. And he was praying for their faith to become stronger, to increase, and for them to pour back into the ministry that Paul had done. It was this interconnected working with one another. I can't tell you how many times on a Thursday night we come up and we have practice with the praise team, and somewhere during the night somebody will say something or do something and before the week is over next week i have shared that word of testimony with somebody about hey you never believe what what William told me or if, if nobody knows William about this guy on the i mean I, I could be talking to somebody that doesn't know him and i could say look, you're not going to believe what this guy told me about what happened while he was out doing his route working and, and this conversation you had with a, a patient and how the gospel was encouraged, Or, or there's this lady on my team and, and she was telling me about uh, what was going on at home with her kids. Or there's this lady that works, works for the Salvation Army and she was telling me about what was going on with a co-worker. That happens. These guys know I'm telling the truth. This happens every week. Something comes up and, and I don't do it necessarily thinking about it. But what I'm doing is I'm talking about our service and I'm sharing a testimony of what others do. And in, in, in a way, I'm boasting in what God has done in y'all. And I hope, at least a little part of it, is because of what I've done in y'all. Service and testimony. First Thessalonians be able to ask scripture today. First Thessalonians chapter number three. Paul talking to this church that he loved. He said, we could not come to you, but it was very hard to wait any longer. Man, I wanted to see you guys. I want to be a part of what was going on. I wanted to be with you. So we decided to send Timothy to you and stay in Athens alone. Timothy is our brother. He works with us for God to tell people the good news about Christ. We sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. We sent him so that none of you would be upset by the troubles we have now. They had heard about what was going on with Paul. We sent him to tell you we're good. You yourselves know that we must have these troubles. Even when we were with you, we told you that we would all have to suffer. What? There's a doctrine of suffering? that's, That's good doctrine. You don't hear it much, do you? And you know that it's happened just as we said. This is why I sent Timothy to you, so that I can know about your faith. I sent Timothy because I want to know what's going on in your place. I miss you guys. I want to know how your faith is increasing. I sent him, when I could not wait anymore, I was afraid that the devil who tempts people might have defeated you with temptations. Then our hard work would have been wasted. Uh, But now Timothy has come back from his visit with you and told us good news about your faith and love. He told us that you always remember us in a good way. He told us that you want very much to see us again. It is the same with us. We want very much to see you. It is the faith. He said, He said, I have I, I'm serving and I'm going. And I want to share. And I want to know what's happening in your life. And I want your faith to be increased. And I'm worried about whether or not you're growing in your grace and your knowledge. And if Satan so come to you, in such a way that he's defeated you. I'm worried about those things. What does he say? He said, Man, I was refreshed when Timothy came back and told me. Man, I was encouraged and strengthened because of this. Just think about your faith. Think about the faith of the others in this body. Are you praying? Are you praying for yourself? God, increase my faith. God, move in my life. Make me stronger. Give me victory in areas where I struggle. Are you praying for others in the church? That their faith will be increased. That they'll be encouraged. That that they'll be strengthened. How are you doing on doctrine? What do you know about the Word? How much are you pouring into yourself to increase your faith, to strengthen your faith? This morning when we went through that little little group, who is it that God says you are? Man, I got to tell y'all, y'all encouraged my faith today. You increased my, my encouragement because I listened to you guys talk about things that were straight out of the Word of God about who you are in Christ. You know, if you don't remember anything else from today's service, if you go out and remember some of those things, you'll be encouraged, you'll be strengthened. Why? Because the Word of God will strengthen you. Are you helping somebody else in the church by teaching? Maybe not teaching a class, but are you encouraging with the Word like we did this morning? Are you strengthening one another? Have you heard somebody say something and you knew it wasn't right, doctrine, but you were afraid to say anything to them because it didn't want to sound like you were being arrogant? You know, we're to correct doctrine to one another. We're to say, you know, I heard you say that the other day. I was studying this the other day and I don't you want to sit down and let's look at this together? Because I'm trying to make sure I'm right. I want to make sure I'm I'm strong in my faith. Maybe we can figure this out together. Well, wouldn't that be that freaks somebody out? But could you increase encourage someone's sound doctrine? How about your service and your testimony? What do you do with the faith you have? How are you pouring into the lives of others? What do you say about hope that lies within you and about the things you see in the body of Christ? Listen, if all you're doing is gossiping and complaining, that's not the testimony God wants. I catch myself there. Don't you? Oh. It would we be me like Paul with the Corinthian believers, our delivered believers? I so want to help you in your faith, and I want you to help me in my faith because all of it will bring glory to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this word today. Thank you for the truth thank you for the faith that you've given us. Lord, I do pray you would increase our faith. That we might believe you more and more. That we would progress in our understanding of your word so that we can progress in our, our deepening of our faith. We might walk in it as those who are believers that walk by faith and not by sight. Believing you above what we see and what we hear and what we feel. Father, I pray for each of us today that we would think about this message this week. That we would actively begin to engage and pray one for another. Praying for ourselves. Seeking out the word. Searching it. Looking how we can serve one another. And share with those around us. The good work that we see going on in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you receive glory from all of these things. Would you work in us the power of your spirit that lives within us that these things might increase and become more and more evident in our body. We pray these things.